any good stories from the road. And pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Hey there, everybody. Can y'all hear me? Oh, yeah. Good? We got you. Palmer, let me get a mic check. Yeah, I hear you. All right, Palmer's good. Jake Rowe, uh, welcome in. This is the Georgia Show. It is the Bobo Show. <sighs> Past couple weeks have been rough on the Todd, Todd, Todd part of the intro there. Uh, as we've lost Todd Blackledge. He's still alive. He's just yeah, moving to alive. a different TV network. And then we, we lost Todd Munkin. What's up, Jake Roos? Oh, man. Listen, sometimes I know I'm late to the, the Wednesday show. I was not going to be late to the Mike Bobo Wednesday show. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Bobo show. Uh, let's jump right into it, guys. Jake Rowe and I and Palmer had a little bit of an emergency get-together yesterday. We talked about this. Um, but we've slept on it now. Let's hear what y'all think about what Todd Munkin left behind and what Mike Bobo will make of it. No way of knowing whether it's going to pan out or not. Uh, just trying to trying to add context, I think, to what Mike Bobo did at Georgia when he was there before. And, uh, you know, been just looking through a lot of numbers, um, talking to a lot of people, uh, you know, spoke with several former players yesterday who, you know, not on the record, but, but you know, a couple who just, like, saw my tweets and called me up and was like, hey, dude, I mean, really excited Mike Bobo's back. Um, I think he's going to be awesome. Um, he was he was one of the you – know, and, and I brought this up on the show yesterday, and, Roos, we've talked about this, I believe, on this show. We were standing together when, when we found out that Mike Bobo got hired to be the head coach at Colorado State, and we looked at each other and we said, I feel like something bad just happened to Georgia. And, boy, we, we nailed that one. We may not have got anything right since then, but we got that one right. Well, why did y'all feel that way? It just because he was running the program, man. I mean, I, listen, I've got all the respect and admiration for Mark Rick that I could possibly have. Um, I think he's a phenomenal man. And I think that if his wife and he and his dad and, and you know, every, and, and Dave Van Hallinger, his best friend and strength and conditioning coach, um, if those, if there wasn't so many medical issues there and those guys having to fight battles there, um, you know, I think he would have probably been able to sustain a little longer than he did. Um, but he, he wasn't. And, and I think he kind of burned out a little bit there at the, at the end of his time at Georgia. And uh, I think Mike Bobo probably for that last at least three years and maybe five, he ran the program. I mean, he, he wasn't the face of the program, but, you know, inside out, um, you know, just the administrative part of it. I mean, he was one third head, he was one third head coach, one third offensive coordinator, one third recruiting coordinator. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I think he wore a lot of hats at Georgia. And that's not making an excuse for, you know, for struggling in games here and there. Uh, that happens. You know, Todd Munkin struggled against Missouri. Todd Munkin struggled against Kentucky a little bit. So let's not, let's not you know, I, I don't want to put it all on him, uh, all on the, the you know, the, uh, the other stuff he had going on. But he wore a lot of hats at Georgia. Um, and, you know, we'll get into stats later on or, or you know, we get to it now, I guess. 17 games in three years, Georgia allowed 30-plus points. And uh, Mike Bobo 
and company went nine and eight against those in those games uh, with some big wins and some losses that were heartbreaking. The prayer at Jordan Harris in there. Um, you know, Georgia's allowed uh, over the past three years. You know, that was a three-year span. Over the past three yeah. years, Georgia's had three ga- uh, five games where they've allowed 30-plus points. Well, I think there's a valid concern there that you can't compare what happened then to what he'll work with now for good reasons and, you know, for bad reasons. He had some bad stops in between, and uh, the critics of the hire are certainly pointing those out. I think that part of this equation, though, is – how good Todd Munkin was at his job. Uh, Palmer, what, what do you expect will be the toughest challenge for Georgia to either replicate or fill in the gap uh, with what Todd Munkin did for this offense? Anything at a specific position, uh, the way he schemed things up, h- how is this Munkin loss going to hurt? You know, I, to me, I think it's it's – just figuring out the the passing game and and the the ingenuity of it um you know i I think what we've seen and and i've i've seen this sentiment from several people talking about the the transition here is that georgia has a system now georgia it's not the mike bobo way it is the georgia way and that wasn't the case until todd munkin and we haven't seen another offensive coordinator since Todd Munkin. Georgia is a completely different offensive identity uh, the last three years than they, than they have been prior to him. And so I'm very curious to see how Mike Bobo can take the concepts of what Georgia did so well these last three years and, and specifically this past year with him on the staff, Bobo being there to, to watch uh, Munkin and his ways. Um, very curious to see how he takes that and, and, and applies it to his own, you know, his, his own ways of an offensive identity. Um, you know, a, a, again, Georgia has not had the guys to, to, to hand the ball off to a tight end before. They've got that now. Um, you know, the, how do you continue to do that without, um, you know, it, it, under a new identity, with, with a new coordinator? Yeah. How do you continue to do that is, is what I'm really interested to see. And, and I think I've heard, I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, well it is, it's the Georgia way. I don't know that. And, and I don't think that anybody can. Well, there's a that. lot of coaches that are from Georgia. So it seems like the Georgia way. I mean, they're all dogs, Palmer. It's, it's all dogs all the time. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is Kill why him, is there the why is there the the confidence that, that George is going to continue to run what Todd Munkin ran? How, um, how, probably because it worked. I would assume that because it worked so well. Well, they've all been in that foxhole together for a whole year. You know, like it, I mean, listen. I mean, I can't guarantee it, but I can guarantee you this. I can guarantee you there are some full-blown idiots <laughs> it doesn't get done, done that way. They've been immersed together for over a year in the same system, and they've all been using the same terminology, and those players have heard that terminology come out of Mike Bobo's mouth. And they've, I mean, listen, he'll add to it. He added to it when he came. There's a reason when, when Todd Munkin was on his way out the door, he was like, you better hire Mike Bobo. He's he's big time, you know. They facts yeah. over feelings. Facts yeah. over feelings. It's going to have to make that inevitably things will change because Stetson Bennett's not under center. 
the things yeah, right. that things are, change. are not really replicable in a lot of the guys that you have on campus. I don't know that anybody's as quick as Stetson or as quick to run Stetson. So, Jake, your uh, your audio sounding a little murky. I don't know if you're if, you're, if there's anything you can adjust there. Uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's, somebody's I, holding him underwater. Yeah, he's <laughs> he is under the lake. Um, no, I, I think saying that this is just going to be a, an entirely new system uh, is probably extreme. I don't, I don't think Mike Bobo's coming in to run the Veer or the triple option or anything like that. Or you know, the I formation, as is everyone is better? assuming. Yeah, that's better. much better. Okay. All right, good. Yeah, I was running um, off of my internal mic. I, I'm not sure that the fullback's even going to come back. I wish it would. I think I want awesome. to see I, somebody posted uh, seeing Brock Bowers at the fullback position. Yeah. I want to. I want it so bad. Put Brock Bowers in like a number forty-eight jersey. Here's what, here's what cracks up me up around that, about that. You're gonna have you're gonna have hyper anti Bobo folks that Brock Bowers is probably gonna line up in an offset eye or something at fullback at some point, and they're gonna they're gonna go bananas. <laughs> Right, they're going to go bananas, but they didn't go bananas when Brock Bowers was left in to pass protect on third and long when Todd Munkin was a good. And you know, I've found myself kind of having to say, like, you know, in, in discussions, like, man, I think, I think, my, I think Todd Munkin was fantastic. Okay, but Mike Bobo gets raked over the coals for his quarterback decisions, and Todd Munkin tried to run Stetson Bennett off. He started Dewan Mathis. Okay, so sometimes the mistakes you make don't come home to roost like others do. And Stetson Bennett being hard-headed saved Georgia's ass. It just did. I mean, it it, it saved Georgia um, from having to deal with a with from having to play Dwan Mathis more than it had to because Dwan Mathis wasn't a really good quarterback. It saved Georgia from having to um, you know maybe play Carson Beck last year before he was ready. And um, I, I just don't know. I don't understand how you could kind of look back at at Mike Bobo and the time he spent at Georgia, especially those last three or four years, and say, you know what, that's who he is, and this this is not a better situation. It is an yeah. astronomically better situation. Seventeen I, times, thirty plus thirty plus points scored on Georgia with Mike well, Bobo I mean, as offensive coordinator. I'll bring this up because, and and this is something I was going to ask y'all anyway. I was. I was eight years old when when Mike Bobo took over as the Georgia offensive coordinator. Man, I was. I wish. I wish you had sent. I wish I knew you were going to make that point because I would have asked you for a photo of eight year old Palmer to put in the show. Go ahead. I, I, I'll, I'll I'll look back and I'll look back and. Find it's all. Right, it's all right. It's all right. Just focus uh, on. I was on fifteen when Mike Bobo left Georgia. I don't remember watching. I did not watch a ton of Georgia football. What are the games that I need to go watch to understand the good, oh, okay. the bad, and the good. ugly with with Mike Bobo offense? South Carolina stuff. Yeah, we don't we don't know, you know, because he spent the past year with Georgia's personnel. And I mean, the thing about it is, is I think if you go back and you watch it every year, right? You started 2007 because that's his first. 2007 is going to be a little different in 2008 than 2009 to 2010. Um, there's all this criticism about no motion. It was like 80% when he was at Auburn, which was his last stop. Um, it's, you know, there's, you know, the folks were all oh, the recruiting. Well, Roos and I were talking about it today. All right. Let's talk about the, the okay. You, you know who Kirby, you know who Kirby Smart didn't like recruiting against when he was at Alabama? Mike Bobo. 
because uh, Kirby Smart thought he had uh, Malcolm Mitchell and Jay Rome, and uh, he, he didn't because Georgia had him. Um, you know, when when Mike Bobo left, Georgia lost any chance of keeping Van Jefferson or or, or Darius Slay, Slayton. Both of those guys are in the NFL right now playing. playing. And Roos and I were talking about that the other day. Well, Darius Slayton, stud. So, I mean, there's all this talk of like, well, Bobo had and, – and I see Matt, our man Matthew C. over here in the comments talking about how Bobo had played a hand in that, in that talent acquisition. Yeah, he did for sure. So did Brian McClendon. Brian McClendon's on staff. So did Stacey Searles. Stacey Searles is on staff. All those guys are recruiting real well because Georgia's a different machine now. And, uh, you know, it's – I honestly believe with with everything I got that Georgia's culture and what Georgia has going on, the talent, guys like Brock Bowers that give you the scheme first, versatility they do and a stud offensive line, they elevate offensive coordinators. Todd Munkin got elevated at Georgia. He didn't win anything before he got to Georgia. He was a good coordinator. They scored some points in the Big 12, and the same folks here will make fun of the Big 12 for not scoring for, for not being able to play any defense. Big 12 is pretty bad defense. It, it was then. It really was. I mean, he was averaging almost 50 a game in the Big 12. <laughs> with a with a with a quarterback older than Stetson Bennett. Yeah, Whedon, <laughs> Whedon was, was ancient, dude. Stetson he was Bennett. he was mm. dusty. Right. Now, yeah, he was like 29 or something when he got in the NFL. So I haven't I, I haven't heard anybody say this yet. And but I'm interested in how you guys feel about it. I, I'm, I'm I'm personally excited to see what Mike Bobo can do with this talent. I really am. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's it's not something he's ever had in his career. It's a totally different thing. Now I'm listen, I'm not saying the guy's the end all be all. He's I, the guy's not Bill Walsh. I mean, but <laughs> I, I mean at the same time. He, he did it with some lesser talent. He put together some really competent offenses with much lesser talent than this. I don't know what this opens up for Mike Bobo. Bill Shanks and I were talking about this on the radio the other day. The idea to me of what he's coming back to, right? Do I think wide receivers better? Yes. Do I think tight ends better? Yes. To me, the big deeper. difference. To me, like the difference better is, and deeper. Yeah. To me, the yeah. big difference is the offensive line. And what does that change? What does that allow Mike Bobo's system to do when the offensive line is so significantly better? I don't, we don't know that answer because that's never been the case, right? So I've got to say, I'm willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. He coached some exciting ones and I, you know, listen, I was, I was in those stands screaming at him too at one point, but I don't think that this, it was ever what he had then. And he, and he put together some pretty damn good offenses back then. Oh yeah. I never yelled at Bobo for the record. I only yelled for him, just cheered for him <laughs> all the time. But if you uh, take like, let, let's say you take like his last three years at Georgia, like which I felt was probably his, his best three years. And I think probably the most relevant three years. Best um, in Georgia history. One of them. Right. Let's say you throw two and a half, three points a game on those years. Okay. Let's say, let's say that he's able to improve upon it that much. Um, Guys, that's the best three-year stretch of offense Georgia's ever played, Todd Munkin included. Um, and it helps. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. It absolutely helps when you don't have 17 freaking games where you've got to score 30 points to win. Because I'll tell you this right now, um, you know, Georgia, Georgia's allowed seven, uh, 30 points um, five times over the past three years, and one of those was the SEC championship game when they had LSU beat to death. Um, that game was 50, 50 to 23 before it came, became 50 to 30. Um, that's a lot of stress to put on a football team. It happened six out of the first seven games 
in 2013. And, you know, what happens? South Carolina year. comes to town. South Carolina comes to town with Jadavion Clowney and all those studs. Georgia hangs 44 or something like that on them. LSU comes to town. And I'm not saying that Bobo should be absolved of some of the bad games they had. I'm not. I mean, there there were roster things and, and stuff like that. But, listen, it's, it really does funnel back to the head man at the top. And, you know, Kirby Smart, he's not perfect. Neither are all these people that are pointing out how coaches can be wrong, okay? You see, you see dudes like, well, coaches can be wrong. You can too, brother. You can too. I swear to God. Yeah. So, uh, no I coaches are like bad Donnie in Baker. Uh, I swear to God. But yeah, it's you know, I'm not I'm not trying to I really I'm not trying to like get on anybody's case here. I'm just trying to get the point across that listen, it's just a different it's a different thing. And you got a guy who did a really good job and was even elite at some at, at different points. But the one thing that Kirby Smart has brought to the Georgia program, maybe more than anything else, is consistency. And I think that that what that Mike Bobo's ceiling as a coordinator. If it can be reached, I think it can be consistently uh, executed in a Kirby Smart uh, regime. You you talk about the ceiling. What do you think the floor for Mike Bobo in a Kirby Smart scheme is as a Georgia OC? I I I think it's a lot better than James Coley. Yeah. Really? I I don't necessarily think that. I'm not going to say it, but I, I don't necessarily believe today that uh, Bobo will improve Georgia's offense over what Munkin did from last year to this year. He could. Wouldn't I don't surprise think he will uh, But it, it probably doesn't matter. Um, and, if, guys, if there's ever a year for there to be a little bit of a adjustment period on offense, just take a look at Georgia's 2023 schedule. I promise it's going to be okay. And by the time this – title postseason run culminates in December, wherever Georgia is, I believe Mike Bobo will be uh, humming with this Georgia offense and all the talent that he's got. That's just what my my gut tells me. It's going to be hard to mess it up. Another thing I do want to point out here about Bobo is if you look at his multi-year starters at quarterback, he had three of them. He had three he had uh, two four-year starters and one three-year starter. And every single time they got better every year, every single time they developed and they developed and they got better every year. And Aaron Murray was carrying Georgia on his back in 2013. Um, but I think that's another thing to keep an eye on. I mean, to look at there as well. I mean, there were some missed evaluations. I'll be the first to say it. Okay. There were, um, but you know, all these coaches make mistakes, man. They're people. They put their, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like we do. Yeah, uh, speaking of Aaron Murray, I don't know if he was joking or serious, but he asked Mike Bobo if he could be the quarterback coach at Georgia because everybody wants a job for the dogs under Kirby Smart right now. Everybody also wants a Georgia T-shirt from Breaking Tea. There's a link, as always, in our show description. Red shirts, gray shirts, T-shirts, sweatshirts. That is not a Dr. Seuss book. That's just what they sell at breakingtea.com. Uh, y'all check it out. It is some sweet stuff. All right. I brought up Aaron Murray. Let's pivot to the other Georgia quarterback that we haven't spoken about in <laughs> way too long. Uh, guys, Stetson Bennett to the Ravens. What are we thinking? Is Todd Munkin going to pick up his guy, you know, maybe late day two, uh, day three? No. I, I mean, 
I don't think it's the craziest thing I've ever I'm, heard. I don't either, Roos. I'm with you, Roos and, and Wes. I the especially if you can bring Lamar back to have a mobile quarterback. You, I mean, th- that's what you want in your backup quarterback is a quarterback that that is similar in skill set to what you have as a starter. To have a mobile quarterback, you, you I mean, to have a mobile starter, you got to have a mobile backup. Otherwise, you got to completely throw out half your playbook. And Stetson has proven that he can be mobile. I uh, I heard from an agent by the name of Hadley Engelhard. Boy, I think you just made that up. I'm going to be that the way. Even your phrasing and the name of that person, it sounded totally. It's uh, Mr. Head, Headley Engelhardt. Hadley Hadley Engelhard. If that's a fake name, then he made it up, okay? Because that's what he's running with on the 680, the fan. Um, he was on Chuck and Chernoff today, and uh, he was talking about Munkin's NFL contract, and he guessed it could be in the ballpark of about $3 million a year, which is – more than he made at Georgia, of course. But to Palmer's point, they still don't know what Lamar Jackson will do. So that right there kind of gives me a little bit of pause. You know, if, if they can't lock up Lamar, which you would think they would, you think, you know, Munkin's not going to take this job if he doesn't know that he's going to have some stability there. But if things are still up in the air a little bit, you absolutely want a guy who can help you transition to the NFL and has a little bit of uh, knowledge and experience with what you want to do. I don't think it's crazy at all. And Tyler Huntley is a free agent is a, is a restricted free agent. I just, uh, I based this on rumblings of how these two kind of were um, a couple of male Rams out in the wild. And they just kind of got up on those back legs and bam, a few times in front of everybody at practice, um, and I think, honestly, I think that worked in Georgia's favor a little bit, a little bit of friction, a little bit of mix it up, a little bit of competitiveness. Um, Stetson kind of hinted at it, and Munkin has too, about kind of how they need they needed a buffer on game day. And that buffer was named Buster. And uh, he uh, Stetson talked about how that guy needed to be there because both <laughs> of them get pretty heated. I think – I don't necessarily think those two are, are meant to work together, especially in a pro setting. I would be shocked if they were together. Wow, that's I think some, I, that's some knowledge. You, you know what would be fun though? What would be fun, and I'd love to see it because I love the kid. I do. Um, I'd like to see what if the Ravens capitalize on these Justin Field trade rumors. Todd Munkin gets to work with Justin Fields. That'd be a lot of fun. I I just hope God. I just hope Lamar Jackson doesn't sink the Falcons franchise for the foreseeable future. I, that's my main concern here. What are you and, talking uh, about? Him going to him going to. Uh, New they're Orleans? talking about they're they're talking about a trade for him, you know, then and uh, all the draft basically the, all the draft capital they'd have to give up for him. I like Lamar Jackson. I think he's a great player, but I don't think I'd give up everything on earth. Yeah, I don't think I would either. Yeah. One of um uh, talking about Georgia players potentially going to Baltimore, who has the most Georgia players in the NFL on their roster this past season. They had um Ben Cleveland, Justin Houston, uh Nick Norton and Roquan. Um one of the one of the mock drafts I wrote up on um, recently, um, I think it was an NFL.com one that went three rounds. Had uh, Kenny to Kenny McIntosh to the Ravens in the third. Well, I'd be pretty dirty, and, and that was right just before the news of 
Monk into the Ravens broke. So Kenny the angry Irishman Macintosh. I like I like that fit though. I like I like Kenny McIntosh as a as a, a Raven. That's a good I kind of do too, but I also yeah. don't want him to stay injured, and that's just what Ravens do. Um <laughs> Ravens I don't know get what's hurt. going on in Baltimore. I don't know if Omar is out there running around shooting everybody with a rat shot or what, but I miss Priest um, Holmes, baby. I mean yeah. <laughs> well, and and again, just looking at you know Ravens free agency here, they've got Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill both as free agents this year so it's the they, curse they, of ray rice they that's certain well there's a ray before him too yeah. <laughs> indeed charles yeah right charles no um no listen i i think the munkin thing is it's an interesting question for sure and i i think that my guess is there were at least some assurances or, or discussions had right in in the favor of Lamar Jackson's going to stay. I, I think that the only way that that doesn't happen, I mean, I agree that they're probably, I, uh, Matthew C. commented that they're probably going to franchise him. I think that's going to happen as well. But I think that somebody's probably going to come along with a trade offer and Baltimore probably sees the writing on the wall long-term and, you know, try to capitalize on it. I think that makes sense. But Munkins, I don't know, man. I mean, it's... You never know with these NFL jobs. I mean, it, it really could be a situation. Let's say they do get Lamar Jackson back and they, you know, shit the bed. I mean, it's it, Harbaugh's Har, how, how long are they going to keep Harbaugh around? I mean, at some point there's going to have to be some changes made unless they just become a Super Bowl contender. And I'm not saying that they can't next year, but I just don't see it necessarily. Uh, went out here about Baltimore is guys before I, Bef you know, it was that season that Lamar kind of came on for him late. There were rumblings about John Harbaugh getting fired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And People forget. You know, I mean. I mean. And maybe, maybe. Todd Munkins, maybe Todd Munkins sees it. You know, maybe Todd Munkins like, mm-hmm, three-year contract, baby. You know, and, and, you know, maybe he's like, hey, you know, I'll go back to Georgia as an analyst and I'll be like, Kirby, I ain't recruiting. You know, or something like, I don't know. But, but. Uh, this is not the stable situation that I think some folks think it is. No, smashing. He's just going to go. They've you know. made the playoffs four out of the last five years, guys. I mean, that's great. That's phenomenal. Hey, Palmer, what what are they going to do if they have to transition at quarterback? I, they think, were, they'll, and, I think they'll trade. They barely got in the. They didn't exactly just blow everybody away and get into the playoffs this year, and they and they haven't done anything in the playoffs. Well, Ro, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean. How quickly did this change earlier this week? I, I know that we talked about it briefly yesterday, but let's put a pin in it and move on from Todd Munkin. It seemed like this was a quick 180. If not a 180, then a 270 or a 90 or something. You, you know, you you thought like, you know, maybe he could be coming back, and then that wasn't the case. Yeah, I, I think the pendulum really started like you know somebody picked up that thing and just kind of dropped it and let it start swinging um, probably late weekend. Um, and, you know, I think they liked Munkin a lot, but they had some guys they definitely wanted to talk to after the Super Bowl. I think they were probably um, – from what I heard and what I've been able to gather, I think there was probably a split between um, ownership and, you know, I don't even know the way you'd say it, uh, you know, personnel department on or, 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 you know, coaching staff between um, – uh, on Eric Bieniemy. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you know, some of the ownership really liked him a lot. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, who uh, who would um, uh, I've lost my train of thought. I saw Matt. <laughs> who would uh... <laughs> yeah, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's 
I think is just a testament to how quickly these sh- these sands can shift in the NFL. And yeah, one hundred percent. And the enemy thing is just nuts, and it's kind of had a domino effect on everything. And you know that's, what's funny that's how there? Coaching carousels go. We don't get to you know we don't get to hear, see very many things from him, and I wonder. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking if I'm him, I listen. You know, you probably want to go out and call plays, but. I don't know, man. You hang on there enough under Andy Reid and keep winning and keep learning and keep doing your own thing, keep coaching good guys, keep getting more responsibility. Um, something good's going to happen to you. Why do you walk into any other situation? Hell, I mean, Andy, Andy Reid's not, not a spring, spring chicken. chicken. No, yeah. no, 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 not at all. Jesus, I can't believe we just used the same word. He's not a – he's getting there long in the crazy, dude. He's getting there long. Hey, Matthew, see us. want to let you know Todd Munkin tried to run Stetson Bennett off. <laughs> <laughs> tried his damnedest. He couldn't do it. Uh, you don't win, and I not a lot of not a lot of walk-ons out there uh, pulling down the uh, the old NFL titles as much. So no, that doesn't happen. Doesn't uh, happen very much. Bruce, your turn. What's the deal with uh, what will happen now that Munkin's gone and Bobo is leading the recruiting efforts again? Uh, any big targets? Any big names where this is just like, uh-oh, we got to watch out for that guy now. No, I mean, I listen, I don't think that there's going to be much of any change. And probably if I'm being honest with you, and I wrote this on the board the other day, I think Georgia's just got better in the recruiting aspect of the game. I think Mike Bobo will do a better job. I don't know if he'll be a better offensive coordinator than Todd Munkin. That's a lot to live up to. I think he will be a better recruiter than Todd Munkin. And evaluations aside, I'm not talking about quarterback development. I'm not talking about the guys that he's looking at. I'm talking about the guys getting guys in the door and you can say what you want about the evaluations and, and people are going to, I get it. And and it's fair. The evaluations on some of these guys were poor, but I think that ultimately (laughs) the, and I said this on the board too, they're not, they weren't picking dudes off the scrap heap. It wasn't like that. Nobody wanted the dudes that Georgia got, right. They won heads up battles for big time guys. Now those guys didn't always pan out but they were pulling guys consistently. I think that that's what's important in this aspect. And so when I'm looking around at the, uh, at the guys out there, Ryan Puglisi has already come out. He sold Chad Simmons over the weekend. I've heard all the stuff on Munkin. doesn't matter to me. I want to go to Georgia. Bingo, bango, done. I'd touch base with him. He spoke to me uh, very briefly and just said, hey, look, I'm looking forward to working with Coach Bobo. Bingo. All right. Dylan Riola. Familiarity there. A bit. I think he had had a chance to meet with Mike Bobo through his travels uh, into Athens. The big aspect for me that plays really well in George's favor when you're talking about Dylan Riola, you know who Dylan Riola's mentor is in a lot of ways, a quarterback, is Matthew Stafford. And the guy who helped him become the number one pick was Mike Bobo. So that's probably going to play pretty well, too. Gosh. The third guy that George is looking at at quarterback right now that it feels is Jake Merklinger. Jake Merklinger is from Savannah, Georgia, an area where Mike Bobo has historically recruited well, and he's openly said he has a relationship already established with Bobo. From the, the quarterback, coastal plain, baby. The 912, the Golden Isles. From, from, from a pure recruiting standpoint, I don't think it changes at all, and I think it honestly helps you because Mike Bobo has – Mike Bobo, we saw him – out visiting kids with Kirby when there were some yes. guys off the road. That's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Anytime someone tweets, like on, on offense anyway, definitely all the quarterbacks, a lot of the offensive guys that get offers 
when they tweet at Georgia and they've got a photo of someone from like 2004 in their recruiting picture where they announced they got an offer, they always mentioned Coach Bobo. And this was before Munkin left. So that showed me just how active the guy's already been on the trail for Georgia. And that's, you know, that, that continuity, um, that consistency, those relationships matter so much, and especially to Kirby. There's something to be said for individuals who love the college game. You know, Todd Munkin's not one of those. Todd Munkin loves ball, and he wants to, you know, he wants to coach ball and go home. There's, there's something to be said for those who just cannot get enough of those of this college game. And Mike Bobo is one of those guys. He's cut from the same kind of cloth that Kirby is in that regard. Uh, Bobo had times in his career at Georgia where he could have made jumps to the NFL. I don't know if it was as a coordinator or as a quarterback's coach. Todd Munkin didn't jump into the to the NFL world as a as a coordinator either, guys. He was a wide receivers coach. So, um, but I know he had opportunities, and the guy loves the college game. And a lot of coaches like Bobo, like Kirby Smart, like Nick Saban, they love the college game because they can get five first round draft picks a year because um, that's the way it works for them. And, and I mean, listen, like Ruth said, Bobo had some some years where he did, had some bad evaluations, but I'd also like to point to this. When, when could any of those evaluations worked out for him? Two years, 2009, 2014, because otherwise Georgia had Matthew Stafford, David Green, DJ Shockley, and Aaron Murray hogging up 12 of Mike Bobo's 14 years at Georgia. So it's not really a whole lot of an opportunity for a lot of other guys to do stuff. But I tell you what, Christian LeMay, Logan Gray, uh, Zach Mettenberger. Bryce Ramsey. Bryce Ramsey, highly recruited. Now, Big time about it. We, we can, we, you know, Bowda wasn't as highly recruited. And I think some people may have thought that he might be an athlete, play some defense. I don't know. That that was a little bit of a disaster. But Bowda was a very good teammate and a, and a, and a locker room guy, whatever. Probably never deserved a scholarship uh, as far as, like, you know, being a quarterback as a scholarship. I'd like to have seen what he could have done otherwise. Um, but but a guy who, who did a really good job at Georgia of being a great teammate and, and being there got Jacob Eason, right? Bobo got Jacob Eason's commitment. Now, the evaluations may have been bad. That's fine. But I think it shows your prowess as a recruiter when you go head-to-head with, with the best of the best for top quarterbacks, even if they don't pan out, but you're able to land them. Because that, to me, shows that you can be convincing and you can sell your vision as a coach. And I think that Bobo has shown that he can do that, not to mention instead of driving a lawn, John Deere lawn tractor, He's driving like a a you know six hundred horse Massey Ferguson now. Yeah, and and like I said, to me, not only is it a benefit offensively, all right, you're going to get those guys, but Mike Bobo is still one of the more respected names in South Georgia. You've got two guys on this staff right now, and Del McGee and Mike Bobo, who are absolutely lethal below the nat line. Dogs. I mean, it, and I think that that's going to continue. Uh, to be successful for Georgia, I really do. We talked about, uh, what was it, Trent Thompson was, was a guy we mentioned. Ray Drew. Uh, you know, say what you want about those guys. Everybody in the country would have taken those guys. They all wanted them. Mike, Mike Bobo, <laughs> they all did. Mike Bobo got those guys. He brought them in, man. I mean, so um, I, I think it's, from a recruiting standpoint, I think it's a total win for Georgia. I don't see it as anything other than that. Like I said, we'll see what the guy does on the field. We'll see if the evaluations get better. 
and we'll see if the, how the development plays out. But when it comes to getting dudes in the door, Mike Bobo is one of the better ones that, that Georgia's had in, in there. And I think that he'll be a, a, a world's better than Todd Munkin was at that because Todd Munkin did not relish that. He didn't do it. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. he did it, but he didn't relish it. Recruiting right. like blocking. Recruiting is like blocking. If you, you really, it. really want to, you can do it. Yeah. I got a quick question before we jump into something else. How do you guys think Todd Munkin's going to fare in the NFL? I think he's going to do really well. I think he'll be fine. I don't, I mean, I don't know that he's, it's, I don't, I think he'll probably be like it was in Tampa Bay. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they'll probably put up some points and, and they'll, you know, it'll be fine. I don't, I mean, I don't know again, win the Super Bowl. a lot of it depends on the quarterback and, yeah. and can they keep Lamar around? Can they keep him happy? Because they've got some players around him. Um, I, I think I think he'll be pretty good. Uh, they don't have – I mean, I'm worried about – they don't have very much wide receiver talent at all um, there. And Lamar has kind of shown that he's not exactly very good, this wide receiver talent. I will say, you know, having uh, Mark Andrews there. Mark Andrews. And, uh, that's a good thing. Um, I don't think he's the freak that a Brock Bowers is. But, I mean, let's look at Todd Munkin's NFL career. And, you know, if Mike Bobo's uh, – if Mike Bobo's time at, uh, in the college game is predictive of how he's going to do in the college game, I don't know how you can have any a lot of uh, faith that Todd Munkin's ability to coach at the pro game is going to be any better than what it had been before. Not that it was bad. It just never was, you know, enough to, to win to, and, and to win consistently. But, I mean, and, and similar to what we said with Bobo in his college time, I don't – I mean – Todd Munkin didn't wasn't working with tons of talent and uh, in terms of his NFL teams. I mean, I mean, Chubb. Uh, I mean, he had a he had a good bit. I mean, Mike Evans was is is a stud, uh, probably best receiver in the league when he had him. Quarterbacks. Well, that's fine, dude. But I mean, I mean, Jameis Winston has thrown for a million yards everywhere he's been. Jameis Winston is a bad is a bad. Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick's played in the NFL a long time. You got to win with who you got. And Ryan Fitzpatrick's this, been in this the is season. hands down the best quarterback situation he would oh, be working with. Maybe he he doesn't even have a quarterback situation right now. Now listen, it's, I will say one last, one last Tyler Huntley was a Pro Bowler. I mean, if if, if Lamar leaves, it's going to be because he gets traded. Let me tell you something. If Todd Munkin has to roll with Tyler Huntley as his quarterback, Todd Munkin will get the Baltimore Ravens staff will get fired. He's not going to. Todd Munkin will too. I mean, yeah, that's not going to happen. One that that won't happen because if Lamar leaves, they're going to draft a quarterback. Yeah. Well, if if he leaves, if he leaves, it may be because they trade him too. Like there, there are they have options to not just point out. Todd Munkin did work with two number one overall picks at quarterback. One, Maybe three that were not good. Pro yeah, the Ravens. The Ravens are a legit contender, though. I, I think in the AFC. I know it's like the with, Chiefs with, and everybody yes. else, but he's in a good spot. Yeah. Yes. The, the, this, is the, this is the best, most contender. It's kind of like a Bobo situation for him in, in the NFL, possibly. Now, one last thing on the recruiting aspect. You, I, I think it is going to be wildly wildly effective to have Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, and Mike Bobo sit down with a kid and say, yeah. look, the battery of this team, we, we we all love this place. We know what it takes to be in this place. I think that that is it. I don't 
if anybody can think of anything like that that's happened before, I please point me in that direction. I don't there, know. I, I was racking my brain trying to think about programs that just had their alums just calling the shots, running the show at multiple spots, the important coordinator positions. I don't know, man. I really don't. I mean, Spurrier at Florida, that's the comparison that is accurate between, you know, Smart and Spurrier. But beyond Spur, like beyond the head coaching spot, I don't know that Spurrier had a ton of former Gators running the show for him on offense and defense. You don't see it a lot outside of like analyst positions or basically honorariums. Guys come back and, you know, trying to work their way up through the ranks, et cetera. I mean, to be, to be guys on this level, it's very, I, I can't think of anything like it personally. And I think that that's the kind of thing that's going to play incredibly well um, as you move forward. And, uh, you know, we talked about this on the board too. And I think Wes, you brought it up, the idea of stability moving forward. You know, the, the idea that you're not probably. Palmer, you wrote about that today, didn't you? I don't think I did. <laughs> Just say yes. <laughs> Just say Yes. <laughs> Well, I'll write about it tomorrow then. No, yeah. <laughs> I love the way Palmer responds to stuff. I don't think I did. Uh, no, but the idea that like is is the NFL going to come calling for Mike Bobo next year if he has a great season? Is is another team going to come try to hire him as a head coach again? Maybe I guess that's possible, but I I don't know. I mean, with Will Muschamp and and uh, Mike Bobo. I think that you've got a battery that can stay together for at least a couple of years. Yeah. And I think that that's huge to sell on recruiting. Yeah. You know, and it goes deeper. It goes deeper. It goes Brian McClendon. It goes Todd Hartley. I mean, it, it gets in there, man. It get. I mean, it's a, it's a, we, we go, uh, what is it? We, we too deep. That's what, yeah. that's what it is. We too yeah. deep. All right. Well, I'm just, I'm going to chop what about, I'm going to just keep going here and chop what about that. Um, now you've got guys that are stable, like we all mentioned. They're all dogs. That's great. That's cool. But how about everything else that Kirby Smart has to worry about now that he didn't think he was going to have to worry about as a head coach when he and Bobo and Muschamp were in college joking about how awesome it would be if they were all coaches again one day? He's got to think about NIL, 24-7, 365, recruiting, that never stops, and the portal. And if you can have – things built into your program that it's just one less thing to worry about like Forrest Gump when he got his apple stock in that fruit company one less thing that's big so I'm chopping wood about that stability thank you Jake I, I kind of just stole what you were talking about but I appreciate that no I mean I I was gonna chop wood. I pretty much used up everything I could chop wood that's on fine we, we just kind of uh, shared the axe no, right, sure. I mean, to me, like I said, to me, the the chop, the thing I wanted to chop on and I'll go back to it because I think it's really important. The three guys that Georgia has circled uh, at the quarterback position as it stands right now are three guys. One guy who was already committed, the top guy in the nation whose mentor played for Mike Bobo and another guy from Savannah who has an established relationship and plays in South Georgia where Mike Bobo has been a legitimate threat throughout his entire career. I think Georgia's in a tremendous spot when it comes to Mike Bobo and his recruiting moving forward. The way I look at it, Georgia didn't want to upset what they have going, and they probably upgraded in that facet. That's the facet I cover. That's the facet that I care about. We'll see how the rest of it plays out. But Georgia, I think, got better. And 
in one in at least one measurable. The rest of it TBD. In that measurable, I think it's inarguable, and I think that right now that makes it feel like a pretty solid win. And I'll also say too, I'm chopping wood on the fact that I hadn't seen anybody give any extra names for who they wanted to see at offensive coordinator. I've not seen one suggestion. All not seen, one. All I've seen is don't. It's just not Mike Bobo. Buster I Faulkner. I mean, Buster Faulkner in his twenty Buster, in his twenty-five points a game at Southern Miss in twenty nineteen. Buster was the only other one that I've seen mention. I've I've seen plenty of people that have thrown out some names behind. I mean, not not necessarily on our message board, but in in terms which, of texting. Which names? Be, I mean, I mean, people enemy. People would have loved for Georgia to make a run at Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think that's. I don't yeah, think that's I'm happening. Sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm sure. doing that at you, Palmer. Anybody who says that needs to needs to be have their uh, internet shut off. Right now. <laughs> they, they need to go touch grass, as <laughs> they are, as they say. Thailand hanging out, man. He's gonna, he's getting a, a, a probably gonna work for D'Amico Ryan's and the Texans. He ain't Bangkok's got him. He's not coming back to do nil shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I I just the, the 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 narrative that I've heard from a lot of people is. They are disappointed. Maybe not necessarily that Bobo is the guy, but that Georgia didn't at least search for it. I, I thought, for a pure, from a pure optics standpoint, it would have been. I, I could have understood them doing it, but I think Wes, you made the. Was it you that said about not having to worry about this dragon? Well, out? look at what Bama just went exactly, through. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and they might have made a good hire, but the perception is they didn't get their guy and, well, they're, and they're worrying about it. And you know, it's look again, at, look at it, it's keep coming back to the stability of you have things locked in place. Let's be efficient. Let's move forward and make good decisions. It seems pretty easy to me. Well, And, and, and Wes, like I pointed out to you yesterday, as we were closing up that show, we're less than a month away from spring practice now. Yep. And, and you want to have some stability. So I do get that, but the optics, like Ruth said of, had Georgia left this position open for longer than five minutes, um, it, it, it's a very attractive position, and people would have enjoyed an an OC search. Yeah, and I, and and we would have. We would have. Listen, oh wait a minute, I don't want to say I would have enjoyed it. It was good for business. Good for business. Yeah, because right? I'll put our info up against anybody's as far as our ability to get it. I think we're good at that. Um, but, I mean, I will say this. I think that, that what this comes down to is it's just – and, and you can't – you're not going to be able to separate people from it. It's kind of like, you know, you got drunk off of that certain liquor when you're in college and you vomited all day the next day. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you can't smell it for years. You can't – I mean, you just can't even – you can't even look at it on the shelf. Like, it's, it's awful. And I think a lot of people have that, and I, I think it's kind of misplaced and a little wild to feel this way about it because it wasn't bad. It just wasn't elite. But I think folks have that that taste in their mouth about the Mark Rick era, especially how it ended and how boring it was in 2015. Um, listen, Todd Hartley was met with with you know gale force winds. Maybe he learns under Kirby Smart. They said, "Well, Todd Hartley has panned out quite well." Brian McClendon, you know, uh, oh, Trace do we Scott. bring this guy back? Trey huh? Scott. Trey yeah. Scott was. Derived. I'm just talking about these. I'm talking about these Mark Rick retreats. Oh, Mark Rick right? these, yeah, these, sure, these from the sure. Mark Rick era. Again, met with met with some. Oh gosh, Brian McClendon for real. But uh, that one was accepted more because Brian McClendon was known as the guy who got Todd Gurley and who got Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb and Isaiah yep. Wynn and Lorenzo Carter and keep it going. Stacey. Um, but you know, and then 
you know, here we go. Stacy Searles comes in. That's a buddy hire. You had people blaming Mike Bobo for Stacy Searles getting hired. <laughs> like somehow Mike Bobo has gotten his tentacles into a national championships head coach's, uh, you know, living room and from an analyst. Up. From an uh, analyst. Scissors, by the way. From an analyst. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, listen, Georgia's three for three. Let's see if they can make it four for four. Mike Bobo <laughs> back there just pulling strings from the analyst position. <laughs> Everything is Mike Bobo's fault. <laughs> Mike Bobo is the Illuminati. Yeah, he is. Mike Bobo was actually performing in the Super Bowl halftime show. I want to see Mike Bobo throw one of these up on the, on the sideline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We, we got just made Bobo it. and nine out here. We just oh, made man. it on InfoWars, Jake. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I got the documents right here. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good Alex. That was good. <laughs> that was Hold on, let me, let, me, uh, let me like get my face all juiced up and red. And Take I can your really shirt off. <laughs> yeah. Is is that going to make it in the next uh, in, in the next show intro? I, I don't know. I have hours of footage to filter through now, and uh, I'm going to have to take all the Todds out. So I got to worry about that. Oh. So, all right. Yeah. Is somebody else gonna chop litter? Am I alone? No, I think it was just you and me, Jake. Yeah. I'll, I'm gonna I'll chop, chop wood. wood on Palmer. I'm just okay. Yeah. No, chop wood. No, I, no. I got nothing to say. I'll I'll <laughs> chop wood. Um, you know, you know, you guys know me. I'm the uh, the the Georgia basketball, other Georgia sports guy. Um, I'll chop wood about Georgia baseball. Season starts on Friday. Um, Georgia brings back a. a pretty powerful offensive lineup some some names in the pitching rotation that, that fans will recognize Jaden Woods Liam Sullivan Nolan Crisp they're back uh, for the starting rotation um, guys like Ben Anderson Connor Tate uh, Parks Harbor um, you know they, they're, they're back in the lineup you got Corey Collins and Fernando Gonzalez bunch of names Georgia put up point put up runs last year not points Um they put up some runs last year. They didn't have the pitching to do it. They may not have the pitching to do it again this year um, to, to, to do some real damage, but they do uh, they, they do have an offense that is capable of putting up a lot of runs. Um, and so that gets started. Um, excited to go watch some games and, and cover this team. Hopeful that if weather uh, permits, I'll be able to get out to practice tomorrow talk to coach Strickland, talk to some players and um, have something yep. for y'all. Go get them strict. Friday. Go get them strict. All I'm right. Chop wood on spring ball. Uh, listen, man, I, it is, it's bonkers. It feels like yesterday that Palmer and I were, were, were trekking up the, the West coast and uh, going or trekking down the West coast, I guess you could say. Uh, from, uh, from kind of Los Angeles, uh, you know, San Juan Capistrano to, you know, all the way down to San Diego, and you know, fortunate. Unfortunately, we didn't go to Tijuana. Um, we probably <laughs> both ended up dead, um, or the uh, the honey for a mule. Um, but we um, we did. We it seemed like it was yesterday, and by tomorrow, it feels like we're going to be covering spring uh, drills at Georgia, guys. It's 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 quite literally um, a month away, and uh, we're four weeks. It's it's. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see these quarterbacks. Um, I'm excited to see these new these this freshman class, 18 early enrollees. 
uh, inside linebackers, Roderick Robinson, who, who, by the way, I share this nugget with our folks here. I've told has lost about eight or nine pounds. Um, it's probably more in like that 219, 218 range right now, mm-hmm. uh, which is interested to see him move around at that, that speed, uh, or that size. Sorry. Uh, there is, um, there, this is going to be a fun spring. This is going to be a spring. Unlike I think one we've experienced in a while, uh, because, you know, last year Stetson, we knew, we knew Stetson was going to be there. Um, honestly, I can't even remember the 2021 year at all. Really. I, I can't even hardly remember anything that happened. It wasn't very eventful. Did we have, a, did we get to go to the spring game in 2021? I don't even know. We didn't have one yeah. in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, we did. JT was the returning starter. Yeah, I just didn't. I, I honestly, I, I can't. I was uh, trying to think about it today, and I couldn't a, remember. Amy Mitchell had a really good yeah. spring game. It was yeah. open. Okay. They, they had so it. yeah, um, I just don't remember much of it. Um, but it's been a long time since we had like a battle, a quarterback battle to play out during the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't 2019. It wasn't. You know, it theoretically God. it was 2020, but we didn't get to see any of it, and Jamie yeah, right. was gone. Yeah, and and you know that that situation changed so much, you know, in in a short period of time. Um, you know, uh, 2017, 2018, 2019, no, uh, probably 2016. You know, it's probably been a good 6-7 years since we have gone into a G-Day game with a quarterback competition going on. Um, listen, I think Carson Beck's probably going to win it. Uh, but Gunnar Stockton, um, Jake Roos is Gunnar Stockton at Georgia if not for Mike Bobo? being an analyst mm, let's i mean very possibly not um i mean he was what? committed to uh, there's he was the, an early enrollee it, yeah he was he was committed to i Georgia. thought he decommitted from south carolina he, when, he did when bobo right. got fired but, but yeah. then but then he was committed but yeah to Georgia I, when bobo was the oc at auburn oh he yeah. was yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's not yeah i mean i think you guys are on to something i think we just kind of got the timeline screwed yeah. up and, um if Bobo doesn't leave South Carolina, maybe Gunnar Stodden sticks. Correct. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think – I think that – but after – I don't think he was going to go to Auburn to play for Bobo. No. Uh, um, no. I don't think anybody was going to go to Auburn. It only the two. any sense to play for Brian Harson. So, it was yeah. only the two. Yeah, Jesus. What a terrible choice that would have been. <laughs> um. And I even feel bad saying that because that cesspool of a system and – individuals they have hangers on in that program um you know what they pulled on brian harson there that last offseason was pretty disgusting uh but he was yeah. also just bad he was also yeah bad. brian harson was in over his head big time yeah. bad. and i tell you what though um i don't know i'm probably about to make some friends with this but uh the 75 percent david koresh cult style coverage they get over there um is probably uh you know they're, they're putting it all on brian harson now they're they're not literally talking about the people who spread rumors about him having extramarital affairs last offseason. Uh, you know, they, that's what's, you know, and that same crew last year, they were the ones telling you, oh, man, when Auburn faces adversity, this is when Auburn rises up. Uh, Auburn did not rise up. <laughs> it just means more. Just made him a dead man walking. Oh, like, shout out to uh, Glenn Hartley for uh, chopping wood on Bark After Dark. We appreciate yep. that, man. Big Glenn. Show two under the belt. We had a great time with Ross Dellinger. If you haven't checked it out, please tune in. Who's coming up next week? Do you know? In flux. They have a surprise. A okay. big surprise. Yeah, in flux right now. A big dude. Not, 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 not. It's not. Listen, I'm not going to act like it's a. Uh, it's a super A-list celebrity. I mean, we're not going to have Russell Crowe on there or anything. But uh, uh, 
I can tell you, I can tell you man. who's going to be on Randy Barker Quaid. Dark next week. And Charles Barkley. Me as the producer. Yeah, we get Palmer back as the producer. He's the okay. star of the drink. Thank God. We missed him. We missed him. This past <laughs> yeah, week. Well, that is good news. Um. Well, hey, thanks for watching. And uh, one topic we did not talk about tonight, but uh, just went up on the Dogs HQ YouTube channel this evening. Jake Rowe and I talking about Georgia's SEC schedule reality. Schedule. And how it will look. Yeah, the schedule uh, in 2024 and uh, beyond. So go check that out as your post-Georgia show viewing if you got a few minutes to kill. And hey, we, didn't talk to hey, we want Dasher too. You guys send Roddy an email and tell him to let Dash come on our show. We, we'd love to have Roddy. And, yeah, we, and we didn't we talk Georgia both. basketball, but maybe that's a good thing. I'd love to get the whole UGA sports crew on here at one time. We could tell some stories. That would be great. We all have stories with all those guys. It'd be love awesome. Love those guys. Love those guys, man. Um, all right. Love y'all in the comments, and uh, I guess I love y'all too on the on the screen. This has been fun. Valentine's Week production in the books. Y'all have a great Bulldog Day. See you soon.